Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to a regular episode of OMG So Random. Hee <laughs> hee. And we are I'm both Bra- here. Yeah, I am joined with Dirk, who has uh, apparently escaped TSA custody. Yes, I have escaped TSA custody, and I did not have as much fun on spring break as you did. I got pretty wild. I got my tits soaking wet. Yeah. And yeah. you got to hear How Dare You, Sir? Right, live. Yeah, that was great. Man, I was what so jealous. I, I, I had to listen to the podcast just like a regular listener. I felt I felt like, I don't know, I was on the outside looking in for a little bit. Yeah. It was scary kinda... being detained by the TSA. Oh, I bet. You know, you, you never know like how that's going to go, how detainment is going to go. I've never been detained, so I can only imagine. Well, uh, I don't know if it would be okay. I, I'd like to kind of share my story oh, for, absolutely. for a little bit. Um, and I, I think this is, this is a special segment that obviously, well, I hope obviously won't be recurring, but you know, I, I don't know what the future will hold, but I kind of started calling it, um, by a special name. I I started saying I was Dirk Tained because (laughs) I'm Dirk and I'm detained. So I just put the words together. Um, and you were kind enough to come up with a, a, a little jingle for me. So I just yeah. want to talk about my experiences in this special segment called Dirk Tained. Yeah, so as as the jingle says, I was detained for hair gel crimes. Yeah, so can can you explain what that means? So apparently there's a rule that you can't take more than a certain amount of hair product with you on a plane. And I know you've seen me in in pictures on Instagram uh, and it doesn't the pictures never really do it justice, but I have a lot a lot of hair. Um, most of my hair is is held back with bobby pins and LA Looks hair gel. <laughs> and so my hair gel is one of my essential travel items. Yeah, okay. I have I have an away suitcase, not a sponsor, just like the brand, just for my LA Looks. I have two four gallon vats that I travel with. If, if I didn't use that weird Al in the eighties would look bald compared to me. I I have a (laughs) lot of hair. So I travel with LA looks. It's, it's my brand. I've been using it since I, I was just a boy 
And apparently, I, I don't know, the TSA must change their rules overnight because I rolled through with my suitcase and all of a sudden, next thing I know, I'm being ushered over to the side. And this has never happened before. I, I, I say, excuse me, sir, what seems to be the problem here? And the TSA agent says, you have too much of this goopy shit in your suitcase. You can only take three ounces. And, and you you had, what, eight gallons? I had eight gallons, yes. Two four-gallon buckets in an away suitcase. And this is a special suitcase from... I, I had to order it custom just to, to hold the gel. But it's... It's airtight. It's double walled. It's not going to leak if that's their issue. Right. I you've been through airport security. Oh it, yeah. It brings out the worst in people, does it not? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah, it definitely does. Well, I hate to say it, but it brought out the worst in me, and I, I just I, I kind of blacked out for a little bit. According to the the footage, the surveillance footage that they have in the airport, I started violently oinking at the TSA agent (laughs) and apparently told him that you can't keep me down piggy. Get back in your pen. I have your kind for breakfast, Jimmy Dean's specialty. And at that point, they were they they just carted me off and then the next thing i know i'm i'm in this just fluorescent lit room no windows just a folding chair what i was sitting on and uh, i was detained for a couple of days for serious hair gel crimes and they kept you for a couple of days did you stay in the airport the entire time or did they move yeah you? they they kept me in the airport as you know they they called my mother and yeah. it 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 was bad timing because uh, the day I left was April Fool's Day. And right. I always try to prank my mom the best I can. And she never falls for it because she always knows that it's coming. Well, she always likes to joke, Dirk, don't ever get in trouble on April Fool's Day because if you try to call me, I'm not going to believe you and I'm not going to help you. Right. And that day finally came. And yeah, my my, and that, my mom didn't answer the phone call, the one phone call I had. So I got to be like a more depressing version of Tom Hanks in the movie The Terminal. <laughs> you know, he got to live this quaint little life for a while inside the airport in in this abandoned concourse. I didn't get that. I just had to stay in that room for two days. Were there other TSA prisoners with you? No. No, it was just you. It was it was only me in the room. And I had no way of communicating with the outside other than the the landline uh the one landline phone call. Right, and that was you got the one call, yeah. And that was that wasn't even me. I I had to right. relinquish my rights as a citizen of the United States unbelievable to a tsa agent to call him who had already taken away your hair gel which is your constitutional right to have it absolutely you know 
I, I did hear that you were uh, flailing your arms about like a gorilla. This must have been during this blackout period. Do you know anything about that? I I don't remember flailing my arms around. I do faintly remember in, in the surveillance footage, uh, I don't know how they get these cameras placed the way they do. I, it must have been a conveyor belt camera or something. I do remember seeing a closer shot of me waving my arms around and then all of a sudden the camera just like goes black and oh, wow. and there was a big bruise on the back of my right hand so I must have knocked it off. So you hit the camera. I hit the camera. I don't remember wow. it, but I had a uh, still have a nasty bruise from it. Wow. And I wonder if that's part of why they kept you detained for so long. Probably. It was probably less about the hair gel and more about my violent outburst. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, that does make sense because, you know, we couldn't get a hold of you. I I had no clue when we did the spring break episode how long you would be detained. I didn't even know if we'd be able to do this episode. I wasn't sure either. But then all of a sudden, you know, two days after I had been detained, the door just opened and they said, sir 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 and i didn't know they were talking to me because they were treating me with a modicum of respect right i looked up and they said you're free to go (laughs) and so i walked out of there a free citizen of the united states and i said i will never be patronizing your air services ever again amtrak just gained a customer yeah Amtrak, uh, if you're looking to sponsor anyone, we're available. Yes, we w- we would love to 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 ride the rails and see this beautiful country of ours from a different perspective. Amtrak, hopefully, hopefully Amtrak will pick us up. I th- I think I think so. I think it's a worthwhile investment. Yeah, I think I just did a pretty good job saying Amtrak there. <laughs> I think that sounded pretty good. You really did. Yeah. Kudos. Oh, thank you. So that was that was my story. It was it was harrowing for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm happy you made it out of TSA jail. Yeah. Thank you. I I really am too. I'm I'm really happy to be back. Yeah. Feels feels good to be home. I'm I'm not going to lie. I had a lot of fun when you were in jail. Yeah. Um that was kind of bittersweet listening to that episode hearing about all the fun you're having and talking to all these professionals and uh, just getting your tits wet in front of the crowd. I wanted to be up there. Yeah. I wanted, well, to, hey, I wanted to get my tits wet, you know? I say, I say we do it next year. Yes. We try it again. Absolutely. We try it again. We try to go on spring break again and do another live show. And, and this time is going to be even bigger. God willing... Knock on wood, no dirtainment. Right. Because I think Amtrak will let you, you know, ride the rails with as many gallons of hair gel as you'd like. Uh, As far as I know, that's true. Yeah. Right. Who knows, though? Maybe they'll catch wind of uh, TSA's new policy and think that sounds like a good idea. (laughs) God, I hope not. Well, I think we should uh, move on to bigger and better things. Uh, We have some some things lined up for the listener lagoon. Yeah, man. It's the listener lagoon, man. 
Okay, so one of the first things I did when I got out of TSA jail, I checked my phone. Yeah. Because I was feeling pretty down, and there was only one way that I knew that I could lift myself up pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And that was reading some positive comments from our dear, dear friend, Sangar Sardar. Yes. And you can imagine my dismay when I realized it's been over a week and we have not had a single comment from Sangar Sardar. Yeah. Not I don't know not what one cute, not one so adorable. I what what happened to him? You know, maybe we made his day way too hard that like he he just knows his day will never be made again. Oh so no. So he needed to step back, you know. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of, but I, I'm, I'm a little concerned about Sangar Sardar. I'm very concerned. This doesn't seem like him for us to not hear from him for so long. No. So, Sangar Sardar, wherever you are, if you're listening, know that we are very concerned about you and we want you to come back, and we need that positive affirmation. Yeah. We gotta have it. And if you know, once again, this opens the door for someone else to step up and take Sangar Sardar's spot if he doesn't come back around. The spot is available. We miss Sangar Sardar for sure. No doubt. But this is your opportunity to step into the Sangar Sardar role here with us. As you much know, as we, it pains me to say, I mean, someone has to fill that void. They do. I need to see a cute I need to see a beautiful, I need to be told that, you know, a a picture of Dirk in handcuffs being detained by the TSA made someone's day. Yeah. I mean, I I want my turmoil to make someone's day. That's all we can ask for in this life. And that's why we need Sangar Sardar. It's pretty simple, I think. We did get a, a listener question in this week as well. This one comes from Mohamed Zubair. Oh, okay. He he asks, ups and downs are part of life, baby. Does the boss always remains the boss? (sighs) And then there's a cigarette emoji after that, too. If that helps you with uh, thinking about your answer here. Well, um, you know, I just want to quote Edie Brickell and the New Bohemians here and say, throw me in the shallow water before I get too deep because there's a lot to unpack here. Really, Mohamed Zubair's question is, does the boss remains the boss? Yes. And I would say, you talk to any Bruce Springsteen fan on this mm-hmm. beautiful planet of ours, and they will say a resounding yes, the boss remains the boss. Born in the USA, streets of Philadelphia. I, I, I mean, born to run. You know, b- born to run. I'm on fire. Everyone thinks Richard Pryor was the first guy to say I'm on fire. No, Bruce Springsteen was because he's the boss. So I guess in that situation, the boss has always remained the boss. Yeah, and always will remains the boss. Yes, ups and downs are a part of life, baby. That's true. Yeah, absolutely true. But the boss the will boss, remains the boss. Yes, the boss will always remains the boss. 
I just think like Mohamed Zubair, he's you know he's been around the block here. You know that's a very a very wise comment uh, question to ask. You know. Yeah, I I'm glad you said that because I got a real sense of a world weary person asking this question and then taking a very contemplative drag of his cigarette. Yes. I think that, you know, he has a very old soul. Yes. He's very wise. And that, that reminds me of something that happened in my life. If I could just touch upon this really quick with, uh, Mohammed Zubair as my inspiration to, you know, bring up this story. Uh, so when I was in high school, we, um, we had a substitute teacher one day, mm-hmm. but this, this lady was very old. Like, I think she probably should have been retired. You know, okay. she was well past retirement age, probably 85 years old, I would say. That'd be my guess. Wow. Okay. And there was um, a fellow student in my class that he was a big fan of anime. And I think he was such a big fan of anime to the point where he thought it was real maybe oh and that he was involved in an anime somehow um because he got he got yelled at he did something i don't remember exactly what it was but he got yelled at by the substitute teacher and his reply to the substitute teacher was uh telling her my soul is much older than yours <laughs> oh so I think he was living in an anime where he was, you know, this ancient warrior creature. Yeah. That had a very old, wise soul that was hundreds and hundreds of years old. And that's kind of what uh, Muhammad Zubair reminds me of. Absolutely. His soul is much older than yours. Absolutely. No question. Yeah. Wow. What, what a question this week. This is yeah, it really made us think. Um we had uh, a couple reviews on uh on Apple Podcasts, which is always great. We love it when our listeners leave us reviews. Um yes. we had a couple really unexpected reviews. Yeah. Um the first uh was I don't know. It, it it kind of floored me. Um, I, you know, I know we have a pretty pretty diverse listenership, um, right. but I never expected this. Yeah. No, me neither. Um, I, I I hate to name drop, but Brad Pitt, celebrity actor mm-hmm. Brad Pitt, mm-hmm. left us a review. He he said very simply, "I celebrity actor Brad Pitt." approve of this podcast wow we can wow. <laughs> i <laughs> uh stop the presses yeah um that that means he's probably listening to this he's he's probably got the whole family gathered around the bluetooth speaker and they're 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 listening to us yeah angelina jolie and <laughs> Wow. Shiloh and uh all the other kids. They're they're there and they're all listening to us because celebrity actor Brad Pitt approves of this podcast. This is insane. 
Like, I can't believe, like, uh, how does he, you know, how did he even come across this? Like, I I was in Hollywood, last, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Maybe that has something to do with it, you know? Maybe uh, he heard I was in town, and I, I, don't even, I don't even know. Anything is possible. Yeah. And it, no matter how he found it, I'm just glad he did. So, Brad Pitt, thank yeah. you for listening, and thank you yeah. for approving. Thank you so much, Brad. And, you know, Brad, if you don't mind, tell your friends, too. Please, yes. Tell, tell them all about us. Tell every member of Ocean's Eleven yeah. that this is the podcast to listen to. That's I, I would be on cloud nine. What, yeah, like I, I want to interview Clooney on air, you know? Oh, absolutely. What a card. You're the Clune man. <laughs> I'm, look, everyone knows I'm a Clune loon, and I'm just crazy for Clooney all the time. To get him on the show would just, it, I would be beside myself. I had a dream about Clooney not too long ago. Really? Yeah, he asked me if I liked his tie. Okay. And uh, then he asked me if I wanted to take a picture with him. He told me that my wife and my mother-in-law would love it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So we did. And hey, Clune Man, if you're out there, if you if you hear this, let's make it happen, baby. I, I really hope it happens. That... We're taking the selfie, man. And you're going to compliment his tie. Yeah. I'm going to get loony for Clooney. <laughs> Our other review uh, was a little unsettling. As you all know, our good friend Cody was turned into a robot dog when yes. he guested on our podcast and has, has since been missing. Yeah. We've kept the flyers up. We still haven't found him, uh, but we received a very strange review that just said, woof but instead of o's whoever wrote it used zeros and it is signed by udi f there that that means only one thing he's trapped in cyberspace he's trapped in cyberspace and you, zeros and you, a binary code you know what else what it's time for apple watch So I have a theory that um, it it may be kind of far-fetched, I'm sorry for the dog pun, but it works, that Apple, specifically Tim Apple, Tim Cook, used a cyberspace dog catcher to lure and catch Udi and take him into cyberspace. Wow. Yeah. And, and, And now the reason we couldn't find him is because he isn't around anymore. He's trapped in the computer. He's in the cyber world. He's in the cyber world. Oh my God. He's just a robot dog lost in a cyber world. And we like, we have to figure out a way to get there to find Udi. We have to find Udi. Like I, there's no, right now there is no other option to me. We have to find Udi. Yes. I don't care if that means I have to, you know, get sent in the computer too. You know, we have some powerful scientists on our team here. 
And I think Tim Apple forgets that sometimes when he jerks us around. I totally agree. I think he just sees us as two doofuses doing a podcast. Yeah. He probably doesn't even know what a podcast is. Yeah. And you know what, Tim? No. No. Forget about it. We're going to go into cyberspace. We're going to save Udi. And we're going to make Apple look like chumps again. Yeah. They don't call us the bad boys of podcasting for nothing. No. You know? We we can get into that cyberspace world and we can find our friend, the robotic dog. I have no doubt in my mind. Oh, a thousand percent. We're going to do it, I think. Yeah. I think I'm going to talk to Valverina Jubini. If anyone our would lead. know how to put us into cyberspace, it's her. Yeah, our lead scientist. She would know. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk with Valverina, see what we can do about this. It's, ti- it's time to get Udi back. Yes. Hashtag bring Udi back. Justin Timberlake, maybe you're listening because you're a close friend of Brad Pitt's. If you could make a parody of your song, bring it sexy back. Just, you know, for the show, like, I'm bringing Udi back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it would be nice. Just yeah. something to, like, raise morale and get people An excited. awareness. Yes. Let's get some awareness about this whole thing going. I totally agree. Yeah, I don't know. I'm. It's been too. He's been stuck out there in cyberspace for too long. The missing robotic dog signs are not working. We got to do something. Yeah, yeah. This is this is our last resort. Yeah, we have no other recourse but to go to cyberspace. So right. I, I didn't. I didn't want to owe Valverina Jubini and the other scientists any more money, but I just can't think of anything else no. at this point. Udi's our friend. Yeah. And he he deserves to to be brought home, and he's living life as a cyber dog, just woofing in binary code. Yep. I don't know. We got to do something. Yeah. Well, we'll put our our scientists on it, and you know, hopefully they they come up with something good. I hope so. Speaking of scientists, I think it's time to fire up the old randomizer. You know, I think so too. It, it, I think so too. It's it's been too long, and and I'm really just itching to to talk about a good article. So I hope I hope something good comes up. Yeah, me too. Let's you know, let's use our you know energy from getting ready to save Udi to you know put something great out there now. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, here I go. I'm gonna fire it up. John Selkirk. Huh. Okay. Uh, well, let's see. Let's see what the article has to say. So John Selkirk, 1782 to 1843, was a Tyneside songwriter of the 18th and 19th century. And his best known works are those about Bob Cranky and Swalwell Hopping. So Tyneside, by the way, that's just like an area in England, I guess. Yes. A city or something like that in England. The Swalwell Hopping, from what I understand, is a it was a dance. Oh, okay. And even though, you know, this guy wrote music so long ago, I did hear that we have some clips. Yes, we we were, we were able to unearth some clips. So 
I guess since we're on the topic of the Swalwell hopping, mm-hmm. maybe let's maybe let's check that one out. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's let's see what old John Selkirk has in store for us. It's the Swalwell. My goodness. Hopping. Get down. Let's 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 go. Now grab your leg, but don't let go. Now grab your arm, but don't let go. Now grab your nose and don't let go. Now spin wow. in a circle, um, but don't let go. Just initial reaction. That that was uh, that was kind of a banger. That was more contemporary than I expected it. Yeah, to be. that was like the early 1800s version of the Macarena. I think. Wow. I I was I was doing the Swalwell hopping right along with him. I mean, yeah. I don't know why we aren't doing this at every wedding reception. This is this is a good dance. This one got lost in time. It's a um. The the one thing is, uh, I noticed he, he asks you to grab so many things, but you you don't have enough hands. Yeah, because you have to grab those things and not let go. Right. So you're grabbing your leg, your arm, and your nose all at the same time. Uh, it takes and a true spinning. professional. That's right, yeah. I mean, I can't do the electric slide. Oh, hell no. Nah. I usually I'll go out on the dance floor when they're playing it, but I just kind of like spin around in circles in front of people. <laughs> you know that I, I think that works just fine. Um, usually if I do the electric slide, I like to get in the back of the group and then just, you know, kind of do the hands on the knees thing and um, wait for people to notice. And 70% of the time they do. Yeah. I, I- I usually end up jumping in everyone's way and just, you know, singing the boogie woogie woogie part. <laughs> I, I don't I don't think I'm a good electric slider. Well, it it takes it takes all sorts and that includes people to just sing the boogie woogie woogie part. Right. So yeah, exactly. Everybody has a role in those kind of things and I'm the boogie woogie guy. Exactly. So your um, your contribution is greatly appreciated. Oh yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. No one's ever thanked me for my contribution to the uh, electric slide. It's mostly just been getting yelled at. So I do appreciate that. You are welcome. Uh, So back to John Selkirk. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was was born in 1782 in Gateshead, which according to Wikipedia is just or the blue stain of the brig. (laughs) Of course. The blue (laughs) stain of the brig. (laughs) So uh, it looks, yeah, it looks like he was the son of George Selkirk, a local barber, and uh, he started uh, singing and writing songs in, uh, looks like the early 1800s. He had some songs turn up on the Northern Minstrel or Gateshead Songster 1806-07. He's been scri- described as the Otway of the local muse, which I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I imagine it's something important. Uh, I don't know. I like like just the names of places in England. Yeah, are just so so weird to me. Gateshead. There's a there's the barber shop that his dad owned was in the Close. <laughs> What's the other town's name? The Far Away. <laughs> he lived in uh, Newcastle upon Tyne, which is just everyone knows it now as Newcastle. Yeah, he apparently wrote several songs 
about a, a main character that was named Bob Cranky. Yes. But Bob Cranky was a habitual braggart, <laughs> which sounds kind of like the opposite, right? Like he should be whining all the time, I think, with a name like Bob Cranky. Oh, yeah. Uh, but maybe maybe it's like comedic irony. I don't know. Oh, it could be. I, I do think that we have a clip of one of the Bob Cranky songs. All right, let's see. Uh, let's see what old Bob Cranky sounds like. Imagine you're Bob Cranky. It isn't hard to do. And touching on your wanky is your favorite thing to do. Wow. Now that I guess that's where the Beatles got it, huh? <laughs> Here, John Lennon is, is is lauded as a genius, but he's just he's copping old John Selkirk's melody. Yeah, John Selkirk wrote that like a hundred and sixty years before John Lennon did. Well, and he probably thought no one's gonna know, right? Who's ever heard of this John Selkirk guy? Yeah. It's wow. the perfect crime. Well, guess what? We know now. N- now the world knows. Yeah. I bet uh, no one expected that one coming. You know, you tune into this episode, you hear us talking about Dirk going to jail, and then all of a sudden we spring this bombshell on you that John Lennon ripped off John Selkirk. Look, I, I didn't expect to to do this on this episode, but I feel like it calls for it. John Lennon, you're canceled for ripping off John Selkirk. Come on. Even yeah. this, even the same name. Right. That's John. Cool. Real <laughs> original, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. John Lennon, you're canceled. Sorry. Unbelievable. Well, John we Selkirk, I feel bad. I, I feel bad for him. Right. He probably died. And actually, no, you know what? He I was going to say he probably died penniless and alone, but he did because our Wikipedia page here actually has more or less his obituary, the text of his obituary. Yeah. So uh, in in his obituary, which I, I think it also um, should should be said that at one stage in life, he he tried to move to London to be a merchant, but it didn't work out. And he went home to Tyne's side in 1830. That was uh, when he was a failure and destitute. And it sounds like his life wasn't very good for the rest of his life. And he ended up falling into the river Tyne and drowned around the age of 60 or 61. And his obituary said on the body of John Selkirk, aged 60, who fell into the river near Sandgate on Saturday evening and was drowned. The deceased was a person of singular habits and disposition, and had formerly been a respectable merchant in London, but latterly was so reduced in circumstances as to subsist upon the charity of the benevolent. Oof. For some time in the past, he has slept nights on the shavings of a joiner's shop in Sandgate and refused to accept parochial relief. On Saturday evening, he was observed to carry a tin bottle to the river to obtain water when he unfortunately fell in. Unbelievable. I have a couple of things to say about that. 
first of all, I, I hate to keep going back to this Beatles thing, but they, John Lennon ripped this guy off so bad, and this guy ends up dying at the age of 60 from taking a tumble into the river. To get some water. Broke. To get water. He had to get it out of the river. Meanwhile, John Lennon was, I don't even know, zooming around the world with Yoko Ono. Yeah. The other thing is I noticed a lot of the time when I see these old ob- obituaries, I've noticed that like like obituaries used to be so much like more harsh, right? Like, Oh, yeah. It says they pointed out that he had been sleeping on the shavings of a joiner's shop, like just laying in a pile of wood everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> And also like, pointed out that he refused to accept parochial relief, which I assume means uh, that a religious organization approached him to try to help him out. And he said, uh, no thanks. Right. Nowadays, you know, you get an obituary. It's just like beloved aunt. Yeah. But but for John Selkirk, they need to tell us all about how he was sleeping in a pile of wood chips every night. I don't want, okay, I don't want to be mean. I really don't. But couldn't, oh, should I say it? I'm going to get canceled again. Isn't there a better place to sleep? (laughs) Just anywhere else. He didn't have anything else. I know, but they're just like dirt (laughs) would probably have been better than a pile of wood chips. (laughs) Like he probably woke up with like 20 splinters every day. Maybe he felt like he deserved it after uh, not working out as a merchant in London. That is true. He did feel like a failure after the whole merchant think. Mer- oh, I'm sorry. Merchant think failed. Yeah. But I mean, he wrote some great songs. And I wish he could see today, you know, the appreciation that we're now going to have based on these songs. He wrote the 1803 version of the Macarena. Yeah, he really did. And then he, unfortunately, I I can't even say inspired John Lennon. John Lennon just ripped him off. Right. He didn't think anyone would know. No. Snuck in, you know, in the dead of the night and just ripped off old Johnny Selkirk, who had been sleeping in piles of wood shavings. It's unreal. I I, I thought I was a Beatles fan, too. I thought I was. Not anymore. Mm-mm. How dare they, sir? Yeah. How absolute dare you, John Lennon? John, real original, man. Yeah. If that's your real name. Right. Who, who knows what else he stole from old John Selkirk? Was he married to Yoko Ono, too? <laughs> you know? Probably. Is that his wife's name, too? Probably is uh, Oko Yono. And he just switched the name, the letters around in his own wife's name. Here, honey, go by this name. No one will know. They probably wrote a song. They probably got naked in bed together and wrote a song called Give Peas a Chance, too. Yeah, probably. You know? Well, it was probably on John Selkirk's wood shavings bed, and he just wanted right. to give peas a chance. He wanted to try peas because he had nothing else to eat. Exactly. Oh, that's really sad. Rest in peace, John Selkirk. Rest in peace. <sighs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, my heart goes out to John Selkirk, and 
I'm just glad that I got to experience some of some of his great work. A man before his time. He really was. It was so modern sounding, you know. I I did not expect that. He transcends time. So I wow. Yeah. Two hundred and sixty or what year is it? <laughs> Three I have no idea how long ago that was. Hundreds of years. Hundreds of years ago. And the music still holds up today. Could have come out last week. Yeah. It it could have hit the, the top of the charts. And his poor wife, Oko Yono. <sighs> this is what identity theft does to people. That's what it comes down to. It really is. I like how we always reach, like, come to a lesson at the end, you know? Yeah. It, I, I, I'm glad because I'm learning a lot from from just pulling out these articles. Yeah. yeah you know, I, th- I thought, you know, maybe I would just have some fun. No, I'm learning. Yeah. I'm growing as a person. Yeah. The last couple episodes I've learned, number one, don't fuck around with jazz. Number two, never do an identity theft. Yeah. That's a pretty big, important lesson to learn. That's a huge lesson. So, unfortunately, it came with very sad consequences. But you know, we we learned from John Selkirk's un- misfortune. What a sad misfortune it was. Well, I I hate to I hate to end the show on such a low note, but I mean, I I just don't know what else to say about poor John Selkirk. I agree, but you know we hopefully. I think we. I think we made a case for him, a pretty good case. I I think so, and I I hope that the rest of the world sees through the charade that John Lennon had up for so long. Mm-hmm. He's canceled now, so yeah, deal with it. But hopefully next week the randomizer will uh, come up with uh, maybe a, a lighter story. Yeah, something you know, someone. I don't know, just something we could feel better about, you know, their, the outcome. Yeah, that's all. We'll still learn a lesson, but... Maybe something yeah. a little more feel-good, who knows. Right. Well, I, I got my fingers crossed for it. Yeah, I have faith in the randomizer and in our army of scientists. Oh, yeah, me too. Well, with that, I, I, I say that this episode... Uh, I, I don't want to say it's canceled, but it's... It's over, sis. Yeah, it's over, sis. Until next week, stay random. OMG So Random Hee Hee is written and produced weekly by Brian Anderson and Dirk Walker and can be found everywhere you listen to podcasts. If you like the show, be sure to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen and give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at OMG So Random Hee Hee.